Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Thursday, the 28th of May. I'm Keith Feltner-Smith, and Ty Delbridge is still working on that, that family life, those, those personal responsibilities, so good luck to him. But here joining me today, I have two veterans, two professionals, two giants of the industry the digital media reporter chris burkhardt and trailblazers reporter jamie hudson both from nbc sports northwest how are you jamie hi wow that is the best intro i think i've ever received <laughs> keith well, i was looking around like who is on this podcast with you oh wait it's me and it's chris okay that's great thanks keith <laughs> Always good having you. And Chris, obviously, you're uh, joining me for a second week in a row and I think a third week out of our last four pods, man. You are Mr. Reliable, uh, as always. <laughs> uh, certainly would never would never uh, degrade your name or your credentials by calling you a bully or anything of that sort. No. Right, uh, right. <laughs> uh, thank you both for being me. Uh, thank, thank you both for being here. This is great, though. It, I, I have missed you both. Uh, and again, I, I said I've talked with Chris multiple times recently, but... This just it, now with three of us, it feels like it's back in the office. I feel like this is the virtual office water cooler chat with Chris and Jamie. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, thank you, thank you, and uh, glad to have you both here. First things, first thing that I want to cover, uh, something from last week actually. So, Jamie, if you'll be patient with us for a second. Okay. Uh, Chris, you and I were talking about the uh, the wrap up of the uh, Last Dance, and actually, Jamie, let's you know, pull you pull you right back in here. I'm sure you watched all this, right? Yep. Oh, of course. I took some mm-hmm. took some detailed notes. Some uh, watched <laughs> them three times or four times already. Uh, I was basically ranting, ranting at the end of the pod last time that MJ they are kind of showing some of the flaws, but they're not. They didn't really kind of. He never admits the fault. He never kind of really uh, owns any of the the shortcomings. And this week, right before we uh, recorded here, it ends up that we have uh, caught MJ in a lie. He has full on been caught with audio. I can't remember who had a who it was that recorded this. If any, if any of you guys know the name, help me out here. Uh, can't remember the name of who had the audio. Forgive me there. But uh, basically, MJ said he will not play on the Dream Team if Isaiah Thomas makes the team. After saying in the last dance, no, 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 it wasn't me. You know, other other guys in there didn't want him either. All like he just would not own this. But the tape does not lie, and this made me happy. <laughs> and and again, I'm not I'm not trying to hit on MJ too hard. He is amazing. He absolutely does deserve to be in the goat conversation, whether you see him as the goat or not. But I am oh, I'm certainly smiling at breaking down his infallibility a little bit here. Uh, so Jamie, let me fire this at you first before I do the I, I told you so's to Chris. When you watch The Last Dance, do you feel like this put MJ in a more glorified light, or do you feel overall it did kind of expose some of the uh, weaknesses in the armor and kind of uh, some of his humanity? Uh, well, I mean, he did say, hey, if you if you guys want to put that on me, okay, fine. Like, like if you want to say I was the reason. Didn't he, didn't he mention that? I mean, it was a brief you know add on of hey okay if that's if that's the storyline and in the story you guys want to paint then sure (laughs) go ahead and say that i did that but i i i I love your enthusiasm about it keith that's great i don't (laughs) i i didn't think too much about it because i do think there were other players that probably said that that hey maybe i don't want to play with this isaiah thomas guy but um i i see how MJ, it, this was his document documentary right. to do. I mean, they've had the footage for years, and then it finally comes out because, 
you know, he's okay in it, right? So right, yeah, uh, and he certainly okayed those comments, like you're saying. So he right, he did admit to some for sure. Yeah, so I think the knowing that I already knew going into it that he was gonna be the one to okay everything, he would have the final say. That's why I guess I didn't get too riled up about it. <laughs> That's fair, Chris. Uh, we, uh, uh, you know, obviously, uh, uh. I guess it's not really, and I told you so, but I don't know. What, what do you think? Did, <laughs> did, did hearing Isaiah Thomas, uh, or the, the, did hearing these clips about Isaiah Thomas make you feel any more like, was this actually MJ getting caught, or does this not uh, bother you at all? It doesn't bother me at all. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I like it. I like it. I said on the podcast, that's why I said, why is this that I told you so? I said on the, on the podcast with you last week that to be a great, you got to be a little bit of an asshole sometimes. And you know what? If he's going to be a little bit of an asshole and say, I don't, I'm not going to play if IT plays, so be it. I like it. It's, it's a little bit of that bulldog mentality, that selfish mentality that I've talked about. You know what? And, and I also like it because there's just a little too much nowadays of just ho-hum, buddy, buddy, let's chum it up. I like a little bit of I don't like this guy and That's I don't want to play with him. Secondly, it's not like IT was like completely snubbed. It's not like they went and took the third point guard off the Pistons bench and over him. I mean, that team had had magic and it had John Stockton, two of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. When mm -hmm. you get into this argument of was a guy snubbed, was he left off the team? When you're limited to have 10, 11, 12, 15, 20 guys, whatever that number is, 21, 22, 23, 24, those guys right on the cusp, they're always going to feel like they're snubbed. When you get into the GOAT debate or a Mount Rushmore, number five who didn't make the top four is always going to be snubbed, but there's always going to be a guy who's snubbed. But again, it's not like you're making a blazer Mount Rushmore and you decided to not put LaMarcus on it, but you put Ruben Boomche Boomche on it instead. <laughs> like the guy, it's not like he didn't make it so a bunch of scrubs could go play on the dream team. I like it from MJ, and there's no doubt that he uh, he deserves to be in the GOAT conversation, and I will continue my stance that I think he's he's the greatest player to ever play the game. I, I'm I honestly I'm I'm more in Team LeBron at this point. Okay, Jamie, we will move on from this one, but quickly, what do you think? Team LeBron or Team MJ? Where do you fall? Uh, I'm Team MJ. Um, <laughs> but I hate comparing all the time. You know, that, just, yeah. um, no, I think it's I just overdone, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh. And this is the thing, like, if, if I say that MJ is the greatest of all time, mm -hmm. I'm not diminishing LeBron's greatness. I right. think LeBron is, is the greatest of this generation. I think Kobe was the greatest of, of his generation. I think the, I don't. they're not the same generation of, of players. But, I mean, if, if I say Kobe is the greatest of his generation, it doesn't mean that I'm saying Tim Duncan sucked. Tim Duncan <laughs> is an all-time great, too. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also said the th it, last time in your podcast, Keith, it, it, Jamie wasn't there, but I, the, the one thing I just don't like about the overall debate about LeBron and Co uh, LeBron and MJ excuse me, is the fact that their style of play is just too different from each other mm -hmm. to make the comparison easy. Yeah. The comparison between Kobe and MJ is so much easier because their style of play was so similar. But uh, I think a lot of players are kind of getting into this stance, too. Like uh, you saw Clyde mention it. Carmelo's mentioned it just like why can't we just focus on the fact that like there's more than one guy who was great there yeah. is a yep. lot of greats I don't understand why there always has to be like the number one nobody's better <laughs> than him I just go back to like the the old saying I think is is Ken Griffey Jr. in an old 
old, old interview saying about how people think he's the greatest. And he said he thinks that he's not the greatest because no matter how good you think you are, there's always someone better. Maybe that guy's not Ooh, in the league. Maybe, like it. maybe it's maybe it's just some guy who just plays rec ball and never got his chance. But that's that drive that keeps you going. You know, mm-hmm. I like and it. I don't yeah, know. Okay, it's it's just out there. We could debate till the cows come home. Right? <laughs> well, no, muscles, but you you both the made Kareem's, the point. It's all this, but the, 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 you both made the, the point though as well. I think we this this whole debate is redundant. It has been worn into the ground to no end. Uh, and yeah, it's really not an apples to apples thing. In, in one way or another, you always have some qualifier in there or some discrepancy uh, in definition of goat and all the rest of it. So let's move on. I have one other thing to touch on from last episode before we get into the new stuff with Dame and all of his uh, his wonderful oh, commentary. Oh uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> last time on on Trailcasters here, I asked uh, asked you, Chris if the NBA would be back on June 1st like they planned at the time. Because at the time, the idea was coming back on June 1st, then by mm-hmm. mid-July, they'd be playing games. Uh, I think at this point, here on May 28th, we can all agree uh, that they are not going to be back on June 1st. I think the, the official date for pulling them back from into market is now mid-June or has moved on past that. But this is what the I told you so was. This is where the, I knew I had an I told you so, Chris, because you said you think that June 1st was the date, and I wanted to be like, ha-ha, <laughs> so gotcha. Yeah, okay, I also said I thought. I didn't say I knew. Come on. <laughs> qualifier. Qualifier again. With <laughs> Okay, fine. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about a little more zoomed in here instead of the, uh, you know, we warmed up on some nice broad NBA topics. Now we will uh, zoom in towards what you, what you two professional journalists are really here for. <laughs> uh, I'm sure by now everyone has heard Dame's comments earlier in the week. He spoke with Chris Haynes. He said that if Portland did not have a legit chance to make the playoffs, he's not coming back. Obviously, that's not the exact quote, and he's even now tried to clarify that he would be with the team, but he's not there. To, he basically is not there to play meaningless games when he'd be risking injury or exposure to COVID uh, just to try and be cannon fodder for uh, some other team that actually gets to go on and move forward. First things first, does anyone disagree with this? There would be some argument that it benefits the league as a whole. He is an employee under contract. He should be playing games when they tell him to play games, when the league is ready to play games. Is anyone going to take that stance, or can we all just agree, yeah, Dame's right. If he doesn't have something to play for, he shouldn't be playing. Yeah, we're we're uh, in agreement on that. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like I tweeted earlier today. It's funny because if... Say there's no COVID, right? And the season's just playing out as normal. There's 10 games left. Portland is mathematically eliminated. So Coach uh-huh. Stotts decides, hey, I'm going to sit Dame. I'm going to sit CJ, right? Exactly. What do, yeah. fa- what do fans say? Fans say, oh, great move. You got to think about the draft. Try to improve your draft stock yeah. since you can't make the playoffs. Hell, there was people saying healthy. sit. There was people saying sit Dame when there was a chance to make the playoffs because uh, we want to get into the draft lottery. We don't want to be an eighth seed, right? Yeah. So the coach makes that decision. It's a great decision because he's thinking about the draft, right? But the player makes this decision for himself, and suddenly some people want to label him as being selfish and just being an entitled brat. And I, that is just <laughs> such a, it's just a joke to me. There's no difference between a player saying, I'm not going to play if we're not in the playoffs, and an organization deciding not to play. It, but, but if one versus the other, fans or people react differently, and that is just so asinine. Should he put himself at risk with no chance to go to the playoffs just to play five exhibition games? Absolutely not. This, to uh, me, showed his competitive nature. I mean, obviously, 
we covered Dame. We we've seen that he hates sitting out of games, and so for him to actually come out and say, "Hey, if we don't have that shot at making the playoffs, because that's where why you play, right? To get to the postseason." And I I respect him for coming out and and actually publicly saying that because you know other players who are in the same boat, whether it's with the Pelicans, right. with the Kings, whoever they will they are feeling the same way. And Dame was just the guy to actually publicly say it. And at the very, at the very least, the timing of him saying it when the league is talking about having to make this decision about when they come back, mm-hmm. how they come back, how many teams will be involved. He's using his influence. He's using what he what he can yeah. to influence the decision and kind of get his side out there. And like you said, Jamie, it's not just him. There are definitely going to be other players who are going to be thinking, "Man, I'm trying to keep my family safe. I want to be with them if I don't have if I don't have to be uh, if the season is not really going for me right now." And yeah, Chris, I that the absolute logic of stars get sat at the end of seasons when mm-hmm. when a team is trying to kind of angle for a better play. Uh, sorry, um, draft spot. Or when it's just about keeping that star healthy for next year. Uh, it's ridiculous that just because Dame made the decision himself that you have a retired quarter what quarterback? Dan Orlovsky was a quarterback, is that right? Yeah. He played how how yep. many years ago? And I love that we had Dwight Jane, shout out to him, another one of our co-workers from the office, saying that he didn't even remember who Dan Orlovsky <laughs> was. And this is Dwight Jane saying that. This guy the most should remember. famous play of his career is running out of the back of the end zone to cause a safety against his own team. That's one of the most I, famous plays of his career. Like And now I'm not dogging the guy. Yeah. He's one of the top one percent. He made it to the NFL. It's freaking amazing. But right, right. bro, just kind of know what you're saying before you say it. It's like I tweeted again. I'm always gonna reference back to my tweets. To say that about Dame, to call him uh, an entitled brat is a guy who is saying something about someone who knows nothing about that guy personally. Right. Because mm-hmm. I don't know Damian Lillard. I cannot, by any stretch of the imagination, say that I'm close to Damian Lillard. But I have had interactions with him, and I do know him. He does know me to a certain extent. And in my small interactions with him, whether it be in the locker room or at a shoot-around, the dude has always been humble. Always will just sit there. I've had moments, it was in Minnesota, actually, at a shoot-around where he was done shooting. We were done doing an interview where he just sat there and just talked wrestling with me for 15 minutes. Just had a nice (laughs) conversation. (laughs) And this is also a guy who every single summer goes back to Oakland, holds those block parties. Mm -hmm. He's the one who... uh, partnered with adidas to give money back and rebuild the weight room at his high school this guy does nothing but give back and remember where he came from so to call him that is absolutely crazy and i hearken back to like russell westbrook i was hard on russell westbrook just because of what he did on the court i don't like but whether it was on the scoop with jamie or on outsider Mm -hmm. go back and find the footage i said i'm not going to talk about the guy personally though because from all the accounts i hear is that people love him his teammates love him his family loves him like the dude is a great dad so i could talk about his game on the court but i'm not going to talk about him as a person oh he's just a selfish selfish guy he's so entitled no that's just ridiculous to me unless hey i grew up with that guy i know him then i'm gonna call him out but i I just don't like that because you you don't know the guy it's not even the sport you cover dude you're more of a football guy like (laughs) right you're a soccer guy, Keith. I'm not out here just saying I know everything about Diego Valeri and blah, blah. Dude, that's not my niche. I don't cover that enough to know in the first place. But we are in the day and age 
right, right. now. The, the last couple of months where hot takes are, they're not hot anymore. <laughs> they're gold takes because they're getting people up and they're getting clicks, man. Mm-hmm. Let, let me say this too, though. He, uh, Dan Orlovsky did apologize, not even once, but twice on Twitter uh, to Dame after. Dame kind of lit him up on there with some MFers and the rest uh, <laughs> about saying, you know, like, don't be talking about me like that. My, you don't know my family. Uh, Orlovsky did apologize. Dame responded again and Orlovsky apologized a second time. But what Lillard is sticking to here in the tweets back and forth was essentially saying, I don't care about your Twitter apology right here. I want you to go back on the air where you said this with Skip and say it there. Say you were wrong. Take back what you said. Because even Skip, man, if you actually... I don't have anything pulled up as far as the quotes for for them either. But some of the things that Skip was saying and this dude... Oh, Skip... Yeah. He said... No. No. Skip said, who is Dame? Like who does he think he is to think that he's to think that he's LeBron or MJ that he's a superstar? I'm sorry. The fact that Damian Lillard's jersey sits on the table out in the front of the NBA store in Times Square in New York City proves that he's a superstar. The fact that he, the, the fact that Adidas has Dame and they have James Harden, but that Dame is by far the more marketable star for them, proves that he is a superstar. The the All-Stars, the All-NBA selections, the fact that Skip Bayless had to talk about him on his show in the first place proves (laughs) that he's a superstar. Now it's just a catch-22. Right, and who, (laughs) who does he think he is to say this? It was in an interview, and he was asked the question. (laughs) <laughs> it's not like he just said, I'm going to fire up Facebook Live and say, hey, for all you people out there unsolicited, I'm not going to play. It's not like he was out there for attention. He was asked the question and he answered it honestly. And the dude is absolutely a superstar. He's one of the top players in the league. A hot take skip. I would love to be on that show just to go for an hour <laughs> with Skip Bayless. That'd be fun, man. I want to. That'd be fun. Uh, I would watch that episode, Chris, if you were on yes. that with Skip. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I would love this. I, I, I would love to have you on there, man. Uh, let's let's move on from this until we hear Orlovsky go back on air and actually make some commentary to follow up on. Let's talk about how the NBA is following up. They have actually, after these comments we talked about earlier, I mentioned how Dane was maybe using his influence to kind of move things towards what they were looking for. Uh, there's been an update. The NBA is basically kind of, you know, I don't know how official this really is, but there is talk of a play-in tournament involving the four teams below the playoffs. So we have Portland, Sacramento, New Orleans, and San Antonio. And basically of those four, the winner would face Memphis, who is that three and a half games, eighth seed ahead of Portland right now. East teams are not going to be involved because their gap is bigger. I, I don't, I'd have to look it up right now, but I think there's like only one team within five or so games below the eighth seed on their side. Uh, so this would just be about the eighth seed in the West. I, I'm really in favor of of play-in style tournament. Um, so, okay. I mean, I would even go the bottom. I, I like including the East because I just think the more the merrier in a play-in style tournament. And right now, NBA fans want as much <laughs> NBA basketball as possible. <laughs> and I think, it, it's to me, it's going to be so interesting to see how teams handled this layoff and come back after oh, yeah. having uh, such a long, I mean, for the Blazers, obviously they are getting both Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins back. Uh, so that's a vi- those are two key yeah. keys to uh, their potential success. And so things can be a whole lot different. And I think play-in style tournaments are a really fun idea because we didn't get March Madness, right? I mean, I'm a college basketball right. person, so then it would almost feel like 
or you're, you're getting that March Madness with the NBA. And I just think it would taste, be, yeah. it'd be really <laughs> fun. And I think that's what sports fans almost need right now. And I think the players, that for the most part, I mean, Nurk has said he's in favor of that style of tournament. And I think Damon CJ as well. What do you say, Jamie? You mentioned uh, getting the East and other teams involved. And I do hear you about the playoff tournament, playoff play in tournament, excuse me, idea. But if we get too many teams involved here, like you can't have someone that would be the bottom end, like, you know, the Warriors, I think, has been the hot example. Someone mm-hmm. on the bottom end of the conference uh, coming back and winning the eighth seed when you had all these other teams that right. competed throughout the season, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see that. I don't. Yeah. I think I'd still want, you know, the four that you mentioned, obviously, in the in the bottom part of the West. But I think you got to throw in a couple of the Eastern Conference teams. I know they, they probably Just won't the audiences, care. Right? Like yeah. I mean, think about that, too. Yeah. Just um, having the markets. But, you know. Heck, you d- Oh, yeah. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jamie. Finish here. Well, one thing I thought was really interesting is what Dwight James was talking about uh, earlier with the idea that the NBA wants Zion Williamson in the playoffs. Right. And so yes. think about that, too, uh, because Zion is going to get a lot of eyeballs on uh, any games that are watched. And that's the big thing right now is with no fans, it's all about the the TV, right, is what if you're getting enough viewers, and that's what the NBA wants. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just think that's very interesting. Thinking about the New Orleans Pelicans are actually probably going to help the Blazers in that idea of, yeah, these guys need to be playing for a playoff spot because the NBA wants Zion to continue on into yeah. the postseason. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you're in uncharted waters here but i think of all the teams uh who aren't in the in the top eight portland has the biggest case here because of the fact that they're what three and a half behind memphis but and a slight next, shave ahead new orleans too as far yeah, as you're talking about but the whole yeah. thing. but the difference between portland and new orleans is the fact that portland has two games against memphis left on that mm-hmm. schedule the, the yeah. first game yeah. the game that was supposed to be played when the season got canceled, their very next game was against Memphis at home. And then the Houston, <laughs> yes, and yeah. then the Houston game where Nurk was supposed to return. Right, and that's a huge swing because when everyone looks at how many games are left and goes, yeah, three and a half games, it's a, it, that's a tough, you know, road to hoe. But they can do it. And then you realize, oh, they have two games against that team to dramatically catch ground. Uh, it totally changes the picture. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's the team that has the biggest case. Do, should you do a play in with the teams that aren't? 100% mathematically eliminated or actually have a realistic chance. I mean, the team that's nine games back with 10 to play is out, but the team that's three games back, they have a chance. I think you've got to let them in. For argument's sake, though, to get those other teams engaged, because you look at a Warriors team and says, well, if they're not in the tournament, they're not going to be engaged. The other Eastern teams that aren't in the tournament, they aren't going to be engaged. I say we just go balls to the wall here. There is two playoff tournaments. There is one tournament of the eligible teams to determine a champion, and there is another tournament of the the uneligible teams. Winner gets that first overall pick. No draft lottery, man. If you want the first pick, you got to earn it. Win the tournament. Throw the Warriors in. Throw the other uh, Eastern Conference teams in. If you got a team on the bubble like San Antonio or Portland, 
let them decide. Be like, you're right on the oh, bubble. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Yeah. Do you want to play in the tournament for the first pick, or do you want to play in the tournament for a chance to win the championship? And then they're, oh, we're going to go play in. And then, Yo, boom, just go. Like and then you have lot, two Chris. tournaments, man. Do it that <laughs> way and just put all eyes on the NBA. And when people freak out and go, oh, that's so against what I'm used to. Yeah, well, guess what? COVID-19 <laughs> exactly. is against what we're used to. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a one-off all eyes on the NBA. Have some fun. I like it. I just yeah. randomly thought of this idea, and it's yeah, now the idea that I want. I haven't I want. heard that at all before. I haven't even heard that suggestion. You just came up with that? I you just <laughs> came up with it because it sounded so good. <laughs> See, this but is what happens here on Trailcasters. We, we are we are brainstorming around the water cooler, the NBC virtual water cooler. And, Jamie, you mentioned the March Madness thing and kind of how that was missed and how there's probably a, a real hunger for that chris that is a phenomenal that's idea. brilliant yeah the, like take the play in tournament that we're going to have between these teams that are mathematically not eliminated from the playoffs yet close enough that it could have been a thing if the season would play out as normal and then have a whole separate tournament for the teams that are done because jamie again like you said we want those other teams in there the markets the the fan audiences that would be engaged just by having mm -hmm. their teams playing is so worth the money right now, especially when the NBA only has those TV and online streaming type markets. Yeah, uh, that is and brilliant. And think about it. Think about it this way too. I, I brought up 9/11 um, on the last podcast, right? And how sports help people recover from that. Part of that yeah, too is you had that. You, no, <laughs> whatever. You had you. Sports help people recover. And you had the yes. World Series right there, too. And, and who was there? The New York Yankees. Helped the city of New York recover just because they were there. So New York, another city that has been hit harder than any other by this, this pandemic, give them a reason to watch their Knicks. They yeah. love that dumpster fire of a team. No matter how <laughs> bad they are, they love that team. Put them in that tournament for a chance to get, you know, to, to, to win it all. Get that number one pick and just have some fun. And rather than say, go watch your Knicks for five exhibition games and then they're going to be done. No, whatever. I, I just want to have a reason to watch every single team all the way through. Zion is now watchable, whether he's in the, the top eight for a championship or not. Or not. Mm -hmm. And sports can, sports can make people recover. Sports gives you a chance to forget about everything that's going on for however many hours you're watching that game and just enjoy your favorite team your favorite athlete what have you so give everyone a reason to want to tune in and see that we need to call up adam silver right now and chris you can <laughs> propose this idea to him i really like it originated here on trailcasters too. is a really <laughs> like trademark it or i will something. i will tweet about it here in a second because this needs to be out there yeah that's awesome man yeah that's brilliant uh, okay, okay, okay. Let me, uh, man, I don't even want to move on. I want to keep going with the <laughs> ideas of how that could be beneficial. Th think of how many more people would be engaged in those fan bases again from those teams that are on the lower end, not going to make the playoffs. Uh, you engage all those fan bases watching games. Think of how many more hours uh, of eyeballs watching the NBA that is than the draft lottery is all combined total. Like, because you would be replacing an event that nobody watches. People just wait for the results more than any other NBA-related oh, event. Mm -hmm. No one cares about Absolutely. the draft lottery. Totally. You're just waiting to hear the results of it. Uh, but if you made that same, uh, if you had to get that same result from the lottery through games, 
That that's mm-hmm. a huge plus. That's amazing. I love this idea. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. moving on. Before we just uh, uh, just wash you with adoring praise anymore, Chris. I don't know if you can handle it over there. Uh, <laughs> let the one other thing they're talking about with this uh this this play-in tournament and the eventual playoffs would be the seeding. Do we go east-west like it has always been, or is this the right time for the NBA to try a top 16 seeding, just straight one through 16? Any object? I'm I'm on one through sixteen all the way. I've been on that page long before the pandemic. I think it's something that just they just need to get over the whole air travel and the rest of it. I think it would be way no. more interesting. Again, with fan bases, if you think about how many more fan, fan bases could possibly start rivalries, uh, cool engagements between different sides. But I think now is the time to try it out when they're going to all be in one location. So first question, I already see you shaking your head, Chris. Sorry. I see you shaking your head, Chris. But first question is in this bubble environment when they don't have to travel across the country, is this the time to try 1 through 16 seating? Jamie, let's get you in here first. Let's let Chris steam a minute because I know he's got something for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's fired up about this. Okay. Uh, You won't be surprised, but I'm on the fence. I've got two arguments um, when it comes to this idea. Because, one, yes, it would be the right time. Because, as Chris said earlier, uh, this pandemic has made everything so crazy. So, why not experiment and try something new? Okay, I get that. But on the other side, you're already going to have an asterisk by this season, right? Because (laughs) things are going to be different. You're not playing the last 14, 15 games of the season, um, most likely, right? So... Now you're going to, if you go with the idea of West and Eastern conferences together and it's just the 1 through 16 all down the line, think about comparing, which we talk about all the time. You compare teams, you compare eras. I mean, that's... But, you, but you're not going to be able to because it's the asterisk season anyway, right? They, like yeah, this, It's going to be different no matter then what. Then it would be double asterisks in my mind. I mean, it would just be... Now, now is the time. Now is the time to get experimental. <laughs> I'm going to get you on my side eventually, Jamie. I'm going to pull okay, you over Okay, I here. mean, I'm there. I'm, I'm on the fence <laughs> about it. But let's Chris. hear Chris's argument. <laughs> okay, here, here, here's the thing. It, it makes sense within the bubble atmosphere, right? If mm-hmm. all yes. my teams are in one location, why not? Just give it to me. All 16 teams have a little bit of fun. The uh, problem the travel. But but for you to say get over the travel, that comes from the mouth <laughs> of a guy who hasn't had the travel the NBA beat. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, <fair. laughs> and for a team like for a, for a team like Portland, you are automatically handicapped. If say Portland had a situation where this is the new future, it's just one through sixteen, no matter what. So Portland gets a first round matchup with Boston, a second round matchup mm-hmm. with New York. They get a, a conference finals matchup with Orlando, and now it's the NBA Finals against Toronto. That is an unbelievable mm-hmm. travel schedule for a team to do, a- and it's gonna—it's just gonna destroy them physically. It's gonna destroy them mentally, and it's an absolute handicap. Because how the, then you got to go against the team up. Oh, well, the Lakers, they, they got the Clippers in the first round. They got Utah in the second, and they still got they got Phoenix in the third because geographically it just worked out that way. There's going to be a team that has so much travel, it just makes it absolutely unfair. It, the, the, the finals is enough if you have to do an L.A. to Boston or a Portland to Philly or something like that. But to do it for two, three, four rounds possibly, that's just uh, too much to ask oh, okay. of the players. So what would you give then? Would you mind. would you give two rounds as a compromise? Like do the first two rounds in conference play, but then the final two rounds of the playoffs are reseeded to, uh, one through eight, I guess? 
I think I think it I think it's not broke. That why why try to fix it? If this whole like well the, evolution. The West, Sorry. Go no, ahead. the the, the <laughs> West is so mu- the West is so much better than the East. But okay, well you know the problem. You know how to fix this. Make the East better. The East needs to get better. <laughs> they need to step up their game. Absolutely, they do. It's because teams in the West have done a better job at making their teams competitive doesn't mean that you have to change the entire system because the West is screwed. Like I maybe this Grandpa is where Chris, you do, you're saying walk it off. No, hey, sorry. maybe 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 this is the type of th- maybe this is where you do get into a situation, Keith, where where as I'm trying to find the words here, perhaps you, you, yeah, no, perhaps you do get into a situation, right? Where the, the ninth, 10th and 11th team in the West are better than the six, seven, eight team in the East. Then you start to get into the argument. Then maybe you start to do those little extra play-ins or like MLB does the wild card where it's a one game, sudden death to get in. And now they start knocking people off and then the tournament is whatever team made it versus the number eight seed in the conference, whatever it is. And then you go back to geographically because you just cannot do a East West for that many rounds. Possibly. It's just, it's too you know, tiring, man. You know what though? Mm-hmm. I think actually Jamie uh, are, and, and uh, we, we solved this already. You, 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 you said it right there, Chris, you mentioned it right there that, if we went to this play-in style tournament and did this whole kind of the two play-in uh, style brackets, you'd pretty much eliminate this problem because you would have all the yeah. audience, all the different markets involved. Uh, you'd have a way to play for like, let's, like you said, if we had the 9, 10, 11 in the West that were better than the 6, 7, 8 in the East, you get 6, 7, 8 in the East and maybe 9 and 10 if those teams are close and you get the 8, 9, 10, 11, whatever in the West here. Yeah, so you get like eight teams. See, I mean, even that yeah. part, you'd have a different year by year, season by season, you would have a different uh, format necessarily as far as what teams were close to the playoff, like who was not mathemat- mathematically eliminated. Boy, I am stuttering so much because I am so excited by this idea. <laughs> we are changing the NBA. We're going to get think, this to Adam Silver. I think, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think there should be a way to let teams who are obviously better than other playoff teams have a chance to get in. Like if, mm-hmm. if if I'm the eighth seed in the West, but I'm under 500, and I'm the tenth seed uh, in the it, or excuse me, I'm the I'm the eighth seed in the East, but I'm under 500, but I'm the tenth seed out West, and I have a better record by 15 games or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, I have an argument to be in the playoffs, but it doesn't. But if you do it just one through 16 geographically, I think it causes more problems than it helps. Like yes, you get more competitive teams in. But how competitive can those teams be if their travel schedule gets messed up? So I think you have to find yep. a way to let those teams in, but still do uh, geographically based games. And if you're Portland, you're screwed anyway because geographically there's just not a lot of close teams. I mean, realistically, you got to be smart. I think you. This is a whole nother podcast we can do next week. <laughs> but, but Seattle needs a team. Find a way to get Vancouver another team. If you do expansion, Las Vegas needs a team. And you need to find ways to get teams like a New Orleans and a Memphis into the Eastern Conference. Like, the, how, yeah. how, is a te- how is a team that is a stone's throw away from Orlando, not in the same com- or conference as Orlando, but has to play <laughs> against great Portland? How is a team in Oklahoma in the same division 
as the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, little things like that need to be fixed, and I think it will start to, to, oh, to iron same. itself out in the long run. So you even said fix there, and before you said that, I was going to be like, but Chris, it's not broken, so don't fix it. So no. Mind, you, no, you no, 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 no. A, t- a team like New Orleans being in the West, that is broke. That That is absolutely broke. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's uh, let's move on from that one because I do think we have solved not one, but we have solved two great of the uh, two of the great NBA mysteries here on Trailcasters today. So thank you both, Jamie and Chris, for that. That is awesome. Let's zoom in a little more on the Blazers specifics before I know you both have to go because we have that. Uh, what what game is it tonight? It's the uh, the classics game that was on. I already forgot which one it was. Blazers versus Sonics, baby. The triple overtime. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Oh. Woo! Oh my God. So uh, so you uh, you lucky. Uh, working working stiffs over here both have to go and cover that in a little bit so I will get you out of here in time but before we do if the Blazers come back Jamie yes do Nurk and Zach come back yes 100% Straight up, yes. 100%, 100% they will yeah yeah I mean that's not even a question exactly. <laughs> I love it that's perfect that's the perfect yeah. answer yeah uh, and that was pretty much the same kind of thing that Dame said uh, on the interview with Jalen and Jacoby. If anyone has not seen that, listeners, go and check out Jalen and Jacoby. Shout out to them. Hey! Uh, Dame getting on there for the full episode, talking about this and a lot of other great uh, kind of topics where he was pretty candid. But yeah, that was almost the exact same quote he had, Jamie. So I'm sure as the professional you are, you knew that. Uh, he's, Dame said 100% they will be available. Um, no hoodie, obviously. He's still working his way back, as you mentioned last time, Chris. Yeah. But uh, Dame had a quote, some other quotes from that, saying every team is coming off a two-month hiatus, so it's even more of an even playing field than it has been before, and we're coming back a more deep team with the two bigs like uh, Nurk and Whiteside, and you've got Collins and Mello at the four. I thought this was a great point, too. Again, you know, my, my mind has been blown all day today, even before our pod here when I was hearing this interview, because... Uh, the idea that this has really leveled the playing field. All those teams that, like the Lakers, all the teams on top of the West out here, they've been on hiatus. They're not going to be... They, they are facing a lot of the same detriment that the Blazers would be. And the Blazers, meanwhile, have had time to really kind of recover from one of the things that's been holding us back all season, which was injuries. We're going to get Nurk and Zach back and be almost a completely healthy roster. Mm-hmm. This just has me really going. I, I'm just super Well, look excited. at, look at <laughs> yeah. what uh, Channing Fry said. Uh, a week or two ago on, on our Talking Ball podcast about the playoffs. And that was the the one team in the league right now rooting for no play-in and just as the teams are set right now, that's what makes the playoffs, is the L.A. Lakers. Because if you're the L.A. Lakers, you want to go right into the playoffs and play the Memphis Grizzlies, the, the talented but the young, unproven Grizzlies? Or do you want to have a chance of going into the playoffs and playing the Portland Trailblazers that have a superstar in Dame, a, a superstar in CJ, will have Nurk back in the lineup, will have Zach back in the lineup. I mean, that that Nurk is, is one of the top centers in the game when he's fully healthy. Zach is an up-and-comer and those are two guys that will be coming off your bench in the yeah. playoffs if they're healthy. So if you're the Lakers, are you going whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. It's fine. The playoffs are fine. We'll just start the playoffs as is right now. If you ain't in the top eight, you ain't in. I, I don't want to face a, a Portland Trailblazers that is basically in the same boat as everybody else. Nobody has momentum right now. Everybody's starting with a clean slate, and that clean slate includes Nurk and Collins in that rotation. I think that would scare a lot of teams at this point. 
And I also think just what's happened in the last few days with Damian Lillard, you guys, in the comments and what people have been saying about yeah, him, oh that's going to put the biggest chip on his shoulder, which we all they, know when that happens, <laughs> how he performs. So just they, think about this that. Is, no, calling out Dame uh, on social media, this is akin to, to Russell Westbrook rocking mm -hmm. the baby against mm -hmm. him early in the, in the playoffs <laughs> last year. And we all know what happened after yeah. he rocked the baby, right? Totally. Well, uh, Dan Orlovsky just <laughs> virtually rocked the baby on Damian Lillard, and Dame has gone into God mode. Yep. So as long as he can keep that, ain't nobody want to play the Blazers right now. Yeah. That's a great point, yeah. <laughs> and I do love to, in that same Jalen and Jacoby interview, Dame was talking even about how LeBron would be his pick for MVP, so I feel like there's some kind of respect right there. But yeah, if we had that matchup, man, you gotta believe, even if, if you think, I mentioned uh, if it was a seventh and eighth seed uh, being fought for right now, so just the eighth, even if that were the case, I don't think there's any argument. The Blazers would want to face the Lakers over the Clippers at this point. Like it, it, After what we saw the Lakers do, in LA, the 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 famous uh, the Kobe tribute game, and the way they came out, and again that was without Nurk. Uh, was that with Zach? No, that was yeah, that was without Nurk and Zach, of course. Yeah, no, Zach. Zach was out first three games of the year. So you see that team himself. that came that went into LA on such a special day and won won the day, and they they just absolutely just owned the owned the night for that. Uh, well, no, that's not the way to put it. They didn't own the night. It was not their night. It was Kobe's night. But Dame and CJ and the Blazers really did put on a show there. And now they're going to have the reinforced front court, man. That would be incredible to see in the first round of this. That was yeah, even absolutely. with uh, Winion Gabriel because Melo didn't travel right. to that game. So that yeah. was that was a crazy game. Wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and all the old, yeah, and then you get you get a guy like a, a what thirty four year old Trevor Ariza, mid thirties Carmelo Anthony with a little mm -hmm. bit of rest on that body. Like everyone's going to be rested, everyone's going to be rusty. But for mm -hmm. the Blazers to go in rusty at full strength for the first time, I mean, full strength minus Rodney. It's, I well, yeah, a, a Carmelo that has played in the system now. He knows the team, he knows the dudes, and now after playing the season, he's gotten rest. So like that, yeah, this would be a. This would be a really dangerous Portland squad. I And I, I do think, would, do either of you disagree? I felt like there was kind of a pause when I mentioned the Clippers. Would you disagree that the, the preferred matchup would be the Lakers? Uh, I think it's gonna, I think it's tough for what they both bring. I just, mm -hmm. I think, I think the Clippers would probably be the tougher matchup because once you start throwing in uh, Pat Beverly, Kawhi and Paul George, all exactly. playoff, playoff mentality, that their length, their defense is going to give that team fits absolutely it's going to give them fits and you throw in probably one of the m most underrated underappreciated players in the entire league outside of the team he plays on and that's Montrez Harrell I mean that guy is a, an absolute beast a ball of energy could, that can change the game in a minute I look at that and I, I would actually probably be a little a little more <laughs> scared if I'm the Blazers playing them than I, than I would the Lakers I would feel better about my chance against the Lakers I honestly would I don't think your chance is great either way because I think they're both two great teams uh, I think they're the cream of the crop in the West right now but I think if you're betting your chances are better against the Lakers than they are the Clippers right now Something else I was thinking about, you guys, as we were talking about this, the idea of playing Nurk and Whiteside out there together, I want to see that. I I mean, yeah. Whiteside has said that, hey, man, I want to play alongside Nurk. We'd be the Twin Towers. And Chris, we've discussed this a lot where oftentimes Coach Stotts will have a matchup that, that he pairs with the opponent, right, versus... Hey, 
let's switch yes. it up and make yes. our opponent match this. our our uh, our uh, rotation, right? So yes. I think you throw the twin towers out there, then it's hey guys, now you got to match our size. Yeah, that's one of my biggest hangups with Stotts. I love him to death, but I feel too many times he adjusts his lineup based off what the other coach is, is doing rather than making the other coach adjust to him. Like, oh, they went small, we're going to go small. They went big, we're going to go big. No, just just do it. Just do what you want to do and make them adjust. And, I, and look at the Lakers. I think the Lakers are, are, are great, but, I mean, you, you bring in Caruso off the bench, he's going to have some trouble if you have <laughs> right? not even Whiteside. The two guys at the rim on your second rotation are Nurk and Zach Collins. And, right. I, and when you get them both on the floor, going back to Jamie's point, Nurk and Whiteside, you get two guys who are very, very good uh, at the rim. You get Nurk in there with his passing. Is I mean, if, you, if Nurk comes out top and starts running the pick and roll and they just let Hassan sag down, you got a guy in Nurk who can not only run the pick and roll with Dame, if there's an opening, he's actually probably more adept and better than a Dame or a CJ to even throw a lob to a, a white side if you need to, because I think he's that good of a passer. So there's so many options there. And, mm -hmm. and more so, Jamie, you look at Whiteside, you look at Mello, and I look at those two guys who are brought in you don't know what their future is, right? Mello wasn't even in the league. People didn't want him. He got his second chance. Whiteside, I don't want their last games potentially as Blazers to be a win against Phoenix that at the time nobody thought was <laughs> the last game that yeah. they would be playing in Portland. Yeah. I want these guys to get at least another chance to have one good run, play a meaningful game, and if they don't decide to come back to Portland or it doesn't work, they went out and you knew that that was the last time you saw him. Like, look at Melo. Everybody loves Melo. I just want to see action because I don't want them to say, okay, we're going to cancel the season. It's now the off season. And nobody got to give Melo or Whiteside that proper final send off in a Portland jersey. Granted, there's not going to be fans there, but they're going to still be able to do it on social media after the game, during the game, what have you. I just Absolutely. want to see that one last ride. As I said in a group chat the other day with Jamie, uh, I want to see the storyline here of Carmelo Anthony getting a second chance at a second chance. I want to mm -hmm. see those guys on the floor. Uh, and I think it's going to happen. All signs are pointing to it's going to happen. It's just hopefully it's in a playoff run, not meaningless games. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... I, uh, let me let me add in one thing here as far as the the Lakers Clippers before we move on, uh, and I will get you both out of here. But I almost feel like a lot of what the Clippers would have on us as far as the uh, both the the kind of a uh, uh, being able to stifle our strengths and like the like you mentioned Pat Beverly, we've seen him before work just really tough defense against Dame. The wings that they have uh, would be really hard for us to stop on the other end. But you put us up against the Lakers, and I feel like we have those same kind of strengths where. We have not just one, but two guys that can go up against AD and really stifle him and have depth against that position, uh, especially when he sits. Like, we still have someone huge on the floor there. They don't really... Uh, Alex Caruso, yeah, he's not going to do anything to Dame or CJ in, uh, as far as a, a playoff series, man. I, I love that idea. I, I do think that's the matchup to go with. So the one other big question I want to leave with is how does this change the NBA going forward? We already kind of talked about the 1 through 16 seeding versus uh, the... Eastern Western conferences. We talked about the brilliant idea about multiple playing tournaments that's going to change the NBA. As soon as we talked to Adam Silver about this, when is the next season going to start? What, like, pick a date. Because again, I, I mentioned earlier, we've moved from 
the idea where the NBA was saying only about a week ago when Chris and I last talked that they were going to have people back in market on June 1st and be started by mid-July. Now it seems like we're talking more about back in market by July, maybe starting the end of July. Uh, th- throw some money on a date, like pick a pick a single day. What do you say, Jamie, for uh, when the NBA when the first NBA game is played? Oh, so not for next season, that for the remainder of this season. Or well, sorry, either which one. one? I mean, you, hey, you could you could go all the way to next season if you think we're not coming back. I'm totally fine with that because I'm kind of in that boat too. I'm not. I'm still not convinced that it's going to come back. But oh, uh, I do oh think <laughs> I think uh, Chris's daughters have the answer. No, um, <laughs> I think that Jul- the end of July, it. It will be back, but then I'm looking at how that affects next season, the 2021 season, and I'm thinking you're probably not starting until January. Um, and then there's the whole idea of everyone's talking about the second wave in the fall, and right. I, I just think that even if, if or when this season starts up again, there's still going to be so many question marks for next season, and that's going to be crazy too. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's there's way too many questions left. And even when the draft happens and the rest. But mm-hmm. I don't know. What, do, you, do you think uh, if if this NBA season comes back, give me a give me a date. What do you think? Mid mid July, early July, August or I why? Don't why? Why? So you can get me on here in another two weeks. And be like, hey, I told you so. <laughs> yep. I told you so. Your date was wrong. That's all I want. Yeah, that's all I'm aiming for. No, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, man. I because Jamie, like you said, too, I'm still not convinced that that it comes back. Uh, and especially when you talk about they've moved the goalposts even from a week ago where they said they'd be in market on June 1st. That obviously is not going to happen at this point. They're not going to have players in market. Uh, they, they they did announce, I think Adam Silver said that after the Board of Governors meeting, they will not have a plan this Friday, uh, the 29th of June of uh, May here, 29th of May, for coming back. So if they don't have a plan on the 29th, they're not coming back two days later on the 1st or three days later, whatever. Uh, here, here's, the, here's the thing, Keith. Uh, here's the thing, the NBA, the NFL, any of these guys, they want to keep their, their spot in that hierarchy, especially the NBA. And if the NWSL can announce that they're coming back, granted, they have a a much smaller (laughs) league, but they're coming back. The NHL has announced they're coming back and already laid out their plans for the playoffs. I don't think the NBA can sit idly by and then go, well, we're in that same boat basically on the same time frame as the NFL, uh, NHL and the NHL is coming back. Why can't we come back? I think a lot right. of people will say that. I think there will be a lot of players who look at that and say, well, the NHL came back. How come we can't come back? And I want it to come back. I hope it comes back. And and we had this conversation last time about the, the risks and all that, and I get it. The reason I want it to come back is because I think there is enough negativity going on everywhere you look right now, and I just want to look at this optimistically and mm-hmm. say, it's coming back. I want it to come back. I want something. I want to turn my TV on and actually be proud and happy of what i'm seeing come out of that <laughs> box into my face because everything else is just dragging us down i just, just want to play it. more I video games you're good at, man well there's there's no such thing as a video game i'm good at i waste a lot of hours playing them pretending that i'm good but my wife would tell you i suck at them fun story my my daughter came in just a, a day or two ago i was playing apex legends she comes in she grabs the other controller and she goes dad i'm going to play the game with you but just for a minute until you die <laughs> my 4 year old called me out for my 
bad video game playing skills, oh, and she laughs at me. Uh, but no, you want to know a date? I don't. I, I'm just gonna go right middle. I'm gonna say July 15th. I'm gonna say middle of the month. Uh, that I, I would rather than like when the season's gonna start. I would rather have the league just tell us like this is our date that it has to start by. Like. Mm. Have them come out yes. and say, okay, July 1st is our date. If we aren't playing games by July 1st, then we have to cancel the season because the longer you go, it's just too much impact on the next year. That's why I would like, because then at least we have a little bit of a, of a cycle, a little bit of a ball rolling, something to look forward to. Uh, but I'm going to go middle of July. I think the target date for the next year is Christmas Day, just because it's a historically uh, popular basketball game day anyway. And if you can start the game uh, season there, I think you have all eyes on your league. Jamie said uh, around January, gosh, when she said that, I'm like, New Year's Day would be awesome, except you're competing with college football. But, but it would be really yeah. cool to just, hey, New Year, new league. I think that would right. be really yeah, cool yeah. too. Uh, but again, the, the longer you push this, the longer that goes. And people automatically want to think about getting this season done. But the longer that goes, then the, you start the next season later. Do you start the next season on time? Or is two seasons from now started later? Like, there's yeah. a giant snowball effect to all this. And the NBA knows that. So I, I still think it's going to be coming back, though, Keith. I'm optimistic on this bad boy. We're going to see Blazer basketball. That's all right. You can be optimistic. Uh, I can be pessimistic about it coming back. I got a text from Ty a minute ago. He says he thinks June 15th to 20th, so he's going on the early end, too. I put this up as a poll on Trailcasters earlier. Uh, the majority, a little over 50%, are saying July 1st to 22nd, so kind of that, that early to mid-July range in yeah. there. And to be uh, fair, my, my, date, my date that I gave you is not when I think the NBA is back as in practicing. I mean, that's when I think there's going to be a game, a game on, my yeah, yeah. on my television July 15th. That's the idea. Uh, that, that's that's definitely I'm I'm curious I'm still skeptic I will we'll see if it happens but Jamie uh, I think what you and I need to do is get Chris uh, into some Mario Kart because that could yes. be a game we need to be good at we need to get our Mario you Kart do, going you do not want to purposely pick a game that I will destroy both of you at <laughs> <laughs> there, oh there here it game, comes there are <laughs> games I'm good at and, and Mario Kart 64 is one of them. <laughs> and, and we all know that when anyone says Mario Kart, they are talking about Mario Kart 64. There is no yes, other Mario Kart. Yes, thank you. Oh, that's they, such a good oh, <laughs> I like you all the more. Even, even, I like you more every day, Chris. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you don't want to play one of the rare games I, I am good at. And that oh, is this is so... Now I'm totally in. See, the, the MJ is coming out in me. The competitive <laughs> juices are like, let's get this going. Yeah, um, we need a tournament. Tournament yeah. for sure. Get that PlayStation Network turned on. Let's play some 2K, Keith. Come on. Do it. Well, that's not Mario Kart 64. No, I'm I know. I'm just giving you another <laughs> game we could play. I'll pay for we your will. month no, membership you. just to do it. Let's get on there, man. Let's get on the 2K at least. That'd be good. Okay. Jamie, buy a PlayStation. <laughs> Learn how to play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I know you both have some work to get to. It's it's 6.15. That game starts in, what, like 15 minutes. So let me get you out of here. Thank you both. Chris Burkhardt of NBC Sports Northwest and Jamie Hudson of NBC Sports Northwest. This is Keith of NBC Sports Northwest. Whenever that all gets back together, <laughs> if listeners want to reach out to either one of you, Jamie, what is the best way to do so on social media? Oh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter, Jamie Hudson at NBCS. Chris. 
You can find me on Twitter at C Burkhart, MBCS. And remember, as always, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, you can find Keith and Ty at Trailcasters. You can find Keith on Twitter <laughs> at Rip City Keith and Ty at Ty Delbridge. And be sure to check out all their podcasts, all their fun pictures. And I won't read all the sponsors because I don't know them, but I am getting on learning your reads. <laughs> You're killing Woo-hoo! it, man. You're crushing it. You can also always write us at trailcasters at gmail.com. Please always find our pod on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere you find it. We're always looking for what? Five stars! <laughs> find Odar's music at soundcloud.com slash odarbeats. And thank you to Clearly Speaking Oregon. You can find Brennan Uckton over at clearlyspeakingoregon.com for all of your speech and hearing needs. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you to Ty, as always, but especially today, thank you to Chris Burkhart and Jamie Hudson, as well as Odar for those beats, clearly speaking, for sponsoring us. And thank you, listeners, for a great listen. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Ripsity basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you one more time, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Woohoo! <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you so and much. And thanks to Mike Wazowski and Sullivan for setting up Jamie with the Monsters University cap. Brought to you by Monsters University. It's my favorite favorite hat. Scares go. (laughs) 